I don't want to talk about that. Oh, I want to talk about are any of these people still fans or are they just getting early access and getting Disney money? Well, Who's pay. shilling for Disney? Not flying casual. That's for fucking sure. We're paying for that damn Disney Plus subscription. You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Hello, Star Wars fans. Welcome back to another episode of Flying Casual here on the Flying Casual Network. That doesn't exist, but uh, I am your host, uh, Michael Canterbury, across the table from me, sans camera. Holly, how you doing? I'm great. I'm here. And tired. That has to count for something. Yes. I mean, Holly, <laughs> it's actually a really great thing that the cameras aren't running right now because it would probably look like we were on an episode of Hoarders up here in the loft. 100%. Like, let's be honest, can barely walk through the loft with everything that is mm-hmm. up here right now. Some some organizing going on, some moving going on. Uh, just It just looks like a nightmare up here in the loft. Yeah. So the cameras are off for a while. We've been kind of like holed up inside for a while. Yeah. So I think we're looking very vitamin d deficient i thought you were looking a little pale <laughs> i'm just getting ready for halloween well you know who's always glowing and never pale who a mr lucas elder lucas uh quite the tan you have going on uh did you maybe visit cabo recently Good morning, Coruscant. <laughs> it's, it's Luke Elder here Luke Elder. for your morning commute through the skies. He's working on his radio voice, which is good it's for podcasting. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. That's pretty good. Luke holding up well, I presume. Uh, everything going okay? Solid. Solid, solid. And guys... Chopper base will one day be restored, and the podcast will return to the YouTubes of some sort. But uh, right now, you're just getting the audio version, uh, so we appreciate you listening. And, and quite an interesting uh, week and a half here uh, in Star Wars. <laughs> Luke is losing pop, pop, things. Pop, pow. pop pops, just... office pops happening at the Elder household as we speak. <laughs> Uh, could be Some dangerous. Cat shenanigans. Cat shenanigans. Maybe it's guns. I don't know. We're going to keep it interesting for the listeners, and we'll just pretend that it's guns, Holly. Yeah. Going Luke's, off in the house. Luke's packing for the <laughs> podcast. Wow. Phrasing. Uh, he is the sword behind the curtain. Phrasing. We're going we're gonna to talk about the sword behind the curtain here, guys. Uh, we did read the uh, issue number 14 of the Darth Vader mainline comic. Uh, so we'll be getting to that in, later in the podcast. But an interesting week in Star Wars releases. Uh, this week we are getting Star Wars Visions. Really excited about that, uh, which is being released this Wednesday. And also, we got a little teaser for an upcoming special that I'm very excited for. A spooky, terrifying teaser, Holly. You got to watch the uh, Terrifying Tales Lego Star Wars special. A different angle with Star Wars. I like the spookiness. And give me some horror with some comedy. I love it. Uh, yeah. What did you think? Oh, I liked it. Yeah. I... My first introduction to any of the Lego stuff was for this last Ugh. Lego Christmas yeah. special that came out. It's great. I think a lot of people hated on it. I was not one of them. It's so good. How can you hate on it? I don't know. The comedy funny. There. It's light. It's what Robot it's Chicken Wars. and freaking Family Guy have been doing for years about Star Wars, making fun of it and 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 and, and giving it a hard time, but uh, staying true to some of the story, not so much of the story here. But uh, Luke, did you get to check out the Terrifying Tales uh, trailer? Uh, did you enjoy it? 
Yeah, I love I love the style of these Lego uh, joints. Uh, I'm looking forward to giving the the Christmas one another spin because mm-hmm. I, it's like the pacing of it. They're so they're so manic. The jokes and the references are flying so yeah. fast. I, I think I only watched the Christmas one last year, like one time. Uh, so I, I, these, I think, the way they do them, it, you can get a lot out of them through repeat watches just because like I said, the things are flying so fast, the jokes, the lines uh, that they're, they're worth another watch. And I'm really intrigued that they're bringing Ren in Mm. as a character who we saw in the, the great Kylo Ren comic series, uh, rise of Kylo Ren and in early late 2019, early 2020. Uh, and that was the only time we saw that character is in this comic series. And I know it's not like, it's not Canon, but, uh, it's just interesting to see this character come back around in another uh, another story. Yeah, definitely wouldn't have expected Ren to make an appearance. Uh, and it seems like he's kind of the odd man out. I think everyone else we're pretty familiar with, though I'm not sure what hut we're dealing with there. Maybe it didn't look like Boku. Uh, you know, uh, the, the name's escaping me, but it's a hut from the Freemaker Adventure series, which uh, I've watched five or six episodes of, and that is legit funny. Okay. Wait, uh, where the do Legos, you watch that? Uh, Lego Star Wars Freemaker Adventures. They're all on Disney Plus. Oh. I they might have ran on like Disney XD or something back yeah. in the day. Uh, really funny. Again, sort of a non-canon Star Wars story, but uh, entertaining. Lots of references. Vader and the Emperor are in it. Uh, there's a, a B1 battle droid is one of the main characters named mm-hmm. uh, Roger, I think, is the name. Of course. <laughs> Classic. Of course. <laughs> it has uh, to be. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's really fun. I've watched a handful of them with my kids. They're so witty. And, Holly, I think Luke described this series uh, – like you describe our relationship, manic. I think your interactions with me—is that how you've described them in the past? Every day of my life. Every day of your life. I feel like you are living a Lego special here every day. <laughs> Aww. Would you agree? Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, well, Maybe. that's too bad because uh, be kind of fun. I guess. I think it is fun, but you know what? Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me enjoying it. Uh, so super looking forward to that. And I love the little, uh, little nod to the shining at the end. Once the battle of droid poking his head through, it's B one, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like whatever he said, it was just, it was so funny. It was funny. I also like the, that whatever hut that is that we were just talking about Uh is in the very beginning, a contractor (laughs) or like a construction worker. I don't know. It just seems fitting. Absolutely. that's a good point you make, Michael, that uh, it'll be interesting to see how many like horror movie tropes they pull in yeah. because the holiday one last year was really just self-referential. It was all Star Wars Absolutely. references. It wasn't like, I mean, there was kind of a Christmas spirity type message to it a little bit, but yeah. there wasn't a ton of like Christmas stuff yeah, or holiday stuff in it. But this, there's a lot of... Uh, lot of possibilities for references to other movies and things yeah i didn't i didn't pick up on anything outright but that one i mean that one you couldn't mistake but yeah there could be something snuck in there and yeah i cannot wait to see it and it's october 1st i think it's getting released next friday which it's just this is just crazy there's a lot of star wars content coming out 
Um, and yeah, these Lego ones are always so fun and so lighthearted. And some people take them too seriously. Don't take them too seriously. Watch it like you would the robot chicken like spoofs because they're just meant to be funny. They take a lot from that. It's the same kind of humor. Um, so just enjoy them for what they are. It's not canon. It's just meant to be fun, Holly. How long do you think it takes for them to crank those Lego movies out? I feel like it's pretty quick for the for the volume they have, but I mean, there's legitimate voice actors going in and doing all of it. So I mean, I don't know. I, that's a great question. We should ask. We should ask. I wish we had some inside sources. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like on one hand, you're like, oh, these like the jokes in yeah. here, like they're so like anybody could tell them, but then yeah. some of them are like actually really well thought out. Oh, absolutely, and like well written. It's, well, it's top notch. I, I assume that we have. Uh, a Lego Star Wars Thanksgiving to look forward to next year. Yes. Then maybe get one of these a year. We'll get Easter, you know, (laughs) 4th of July, (laughs) Valentine's Day. And then do they just make new ones yearly? Like they just... How many, Cycle them through. How many Thanksgiving Look, jokes can you tell? I'd be looking forward to the Thanksgiving yeah. one. Can you imagine sitting yeah. down with the Skywalkers for Thanksgiving? I thought you were Vader done with the invited? Skywalkers. This is a Lego But now movie. you want to have dinner with them. I don't. Oh, jeez. I'm saying. Flip-flopping. Holly uh, Walker. I'm just kidding. No, I agree. I would love to sit down with old, old, uh, old Sheev. Because I think we can consider him a Palpatine or a Palpatine. Of course we can. A Skywalker. He is the Palpatine. He is the Skywalker. Um, so I don't know. I'd love to sit and have dinner with him. You know, pick at it, pick it Luke's brain a little bit. Just say you consider Palpatine a Skywalker. I think he is the He's Skywalker. He's like running with the sequel theme that everybody hated. Yes. Not everybody can be a Skywalker, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So looking forward to that, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, no, we didn't get a screener for that. Uh, just apparently everyone in the world gets a screener for these series, Holly. Uh, like everyone has gotten a screener for Visions. But uh, guys, don't like this podcast will always remain a fan-made podcast. We have no Disney resources, obviously. And I don't really want them. I want, I want Star Wars to f- not feel like work, Holly. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I don't want to be reaching out to Star Wars for access. I don't want to feel obligated to, uh, you know, review it or, or tweet about it. I just want to consume it and enjoy it and talk about it with my friends. I, I want to remain loyal to that uh, pledge that we made to our listeners from day one. So, uh, And you could call it laziness if you want. But I think you can just be a fan-made podcast and just enjoy the content with everyone else when it comes yeah. out. Also, I feel like it takes something away from the excitement of having like a yeah. release date of something. If you're yeah. like, oh, I got it a week early. Yeah, and then you just tease everyone and you just, oh, no big deal. I got, a, I, got a, I got a screener, but I can't talk about it. It's like, okay, okay, relax. And you know what? More power to those people that do that, and that's fine. That's just, that's just not our jam, yeah. you know? That's not my bag, baby. That's the third Austin Powers reference I've made tonight. It's crazy. Uh, the first one on the podcast, third one in real time. Michael's got to step it up. Usually he's on like Austin Powers reference number 20 by now. Usually, yes. And then Holly's like, what's that reference? And then, okay, well. Austin who? Austin who? Danger Powers. And she doesn't get that reference because she's never seen the movie. Which, folks, we are going to fix that very soon. And by very soon, I mean tonight. Um, so really excited about the uh, the Lego uh, Terrifying Tales series coming out October 1st on Disney+. Plus. Also, in Star Wars news, uh, 
a little a little little something a little teaser that I know one of our folks here on the podcast were very excited about no it wasn't Holly Holly has not played the Knights of the Republic uh, Knights of the Old Republic game uh, from 2003 but a Mr. Luke Elder did back in the day I'm just thinking a young little whippersnapper you know just uh, just had these big old eyes ready to tackle the world Luke I'm thinking you were probably uh, 14 is that accurate? I think we're the same age. Maybe that was, you know, you, you still, you were a Star Wars nerd. Uh, you had a PC at the time, I'm thinking, and you were a big KOTOR player. Is that correct? Uh, I didn't so much play it as I lost days to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was on the old Xbox, um, and there was a stretch where I was getting home from school and then like playing it for six hours and, and then going Let's to bed. Go. It's it's really one of the only games that's ever done that to me. And uh, it's funny to talk about it now because I, my gamer yeah. period of my life was relatively short. It was like high school and college and it really hasn't been anything since then. And I don't even have a gaming system to speak of now so uh it, it's fun to take that little trip down memory lane though i i holly i love the luke elder that we know and that the, the luke elder that is present before us right now but i just would love to go back and see what he was like then right he's a very well-rounded cultured man but to see luke just sweaty and gaming and nothing else as a 13 14 year old lad excites me and i wish i knew the kid then cuz i think we could have been best friends actually he pretty probably would have thought i was a nerd and uh you know beat me up at school because uh, I think Luke was also probably one of the cool kids who could get away with being a nerd, but also cool. Uh, so, Luke, with with this announcement of a remake of your childhood, let's just call it that, because you yeah you call you said days of your you know teenage years were lost to this game. We're now learning that a, a remake is happening. I mean, what were your initial thoughts? Like, because I, I don't know a whole lot of. KOTOR fans um like I told you guys I came to Star Wars a little later on in 2003 I was playing a lot of Age of Empires (laughs) I do know that for a fact I had a computer that could barely run the thing but I was playing it uh single player uh no internet um that was kind of my jam back then uh I I wasn't in the Star Wars gaming world but you were so when you hear the remaking this iconic you know fan favorite game for so many out there what were your initial thoughts I mean it it just reinforces the stature of the original game and in the the place that it holds in so many people's uh esteem like it, it I think is arguably the greatest Star Wars game ever um, maybe it's not everyone's cup of tea because the gameplay style, it, it's slow. It's not like a hack and slash run around thing. It's, um, the original was, you know, like RPG turn-based yeah. combat. And then a lot of it was going around and talking to people and sort of the choose your own adventure. Um, the, the biggest, probably several Star Wars games have done this, done this. I haven't played them all, of course, but one of the big things about it is you can kind of choose to be light or dark in yeah. your path through the force and a lot of that's chosen through these like interactions that you have with with people throughout the game and the way that you treat them and the sort of the decisions that you make and you you know you sort of shift 
one way or another. And it actually affects, you know, I think some of the cut scenes and, and things as the game develops. Um, so you, you really get, to, there's not just one way to play the game. There's not one way to, for the story to unfold. So it's, it, it's really exciting. And I just wonder, I mean, how much does, how many times does this occur at all in games where they yeah. remake something entirely? Yeah. Um, I would, like, I'm not up on it, but I would think it's fairly rare. So that, again, that just tells you how important this game is. And it's really exciting for it to get a graphics update and a, you know, just update all around in the way it functions and, and for new people to experience who didn't get to the first time. And so that, that I think that's, that's in. I, so t- I, Luke is taking a very, you know, soft approach to this, that, Hey, this could be really cool for, for future generations. And those, and you have others <laughs> that were probably playing it just as much as you Luke, that are saying, don't change a goddamn thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. You can up the graphics a little bit, but if you touch that story, if you touch any of the interactive play, like we're going to riot. Like some people are so serious about this and it just blows me away. So you're right, Luke, there, there could also be a difference. Like you have games that do just kind of get updates. They get, you know, improved graphics, a little improved gameplay, but the story and the interactions are the same. This is a remake. This has the potential to kind of be that, but also could change the story, could change it could change the history of the old Republic as we know it. Luke, does that concern you at all that this isn't just simply an update? It it could be a complete, I mean, they're calling it a remake, but it could change the game pretty drastically. I would expect the major elements of the story. They'll keep the same because it's so iconic and I don't want to spoil it for people who have still yet to, to figure it out or, or have experienced it. Um, and I'm just not so precious about these things. I think it's the same thing with like the legends yeah. novels when people freaked out about that. It's like, those still exist. You can still read yeah. them. They're not lost to time and space. Yeah. Uh, you know, so if you wanted those and you want to ignore all the new canon, then that can be your world. You can create your own world in that way. Yeah. Uh, so you can go and play the old version of the game now, and I'm sure many people do. If you don't want to accept anything different, then you don't have to. Uh, I would say no, that's normally a bad way of living, but in this <laughs> instance, you can do that. <laughs> so let's say they change some of the story, and they 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 do so to maybe fit a, a narrative, you know, that they plan on telling later. Would that would that bother? Would that rub you the wrong way a little bit? I mean, that should be exciting for anyone who wants to maybe yeah, experience more games if it, if this spins a whole new generation of sequels. Yeah. Holly, is is this time period... I, I've shown you some of the Old Republic cinematics from the games. Um, I, I've given you a little history. You haven't delved into the Old Republic that much, but does this excitement... Want, do you, would you like to go further back in time, you know, even further than the Old or the the High Republic, which is only a couple hundred years before Star Wars as we know it, uh, thousands of years. I mean, we're talking some Game of Thrones shit, probably. Like, does that excite you? I mean, sure. Yeah. I don't know anything about the Old Republic. You yeah. guys keep saying the Old Republic. Yeah. I don't even know where on the Star Wars timeline this few thousand exists. years. Great. A few thousand years ago, before so, before the the Galactic Empire. We'll I mean, call it that. sure. I watched the cinematics i don't yes. know what you call it yeah yeah, yeah 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 i don't know what that is yeah i don't know the word i the just used scenes. Yeah, yeah 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 sure yeah i watched this tonight and i thought well 
the ones that had better yeah. graphics that you could yeah, actually yeah. watch. And I kind of liked those. I thought yeah. it seemed like the what we saw had some good storylines, and it was kind yeah. of really dark. That's your pace, too. And the, 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 the deception that k- takes place in the Old Republic, like... Yeah, the the dark side is all about deception, and you know there's one Sith or there's two Sith, and you, we all know that you know one betrays the other. But you have so many Sith during this time period, uh, and, and so that that uh, deception is just so much on a greater scale. And and there's two, you know, well three huge sides at this time. You got the Mandalorians, the Sith, and 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 you have the Republic itself, protected by the Jedi. Uh, it's just an interesting time period where you can have huge interactions like we see in, in Game of Thrones and and, and, and all these kind of uh, popular television series now. So I, I would be down for that. I think it's that's prime television to me. I mean it's worked for all these these other uh, um, IPs, so why not why not Star Wars? Go back in time and tell some of these stories. I, I I think I think this could be a great launching launching kind of a starting point for them, Luke. You kind of win everyone over who was fans of the games you know, but you you stay true to most of the story. You add some flair. You know, you make it even cooler, and it's almost kind of like I feel like a soft approach to say, "Hey, guys, we're we're gonna touch the old republic. We're gonna we're gonna change some things." But hey, we remade you know Knights of the Old Republic for you. Like Revan's a badass. We know that we're gonna stay true to most of that story, but we're gonna introduce it in a different way. It feels like kind of a soft approach, right, Luke? Yeah, I feel like, to me, re- reading all this High Republic stuff, I think it's somewhat of a hindrance that it is not that far away from yeah. the the movie timelines, uh, where it's only a couple hundred years, um, and, and so like it parts of it I have a hard time harder time accepting that things are so different in the high republic yeah. but it's only like a relatively short period of time prior to the all the other star wars that we know whereas the old republic like it, it's so distant in thousands of years from from all the other stories that we that we know of that it it is this much more like free space and and there things can be so much more different and it's easier to accept that so I think it's it's much more of a, a place where you can get even more creative than they're potentially getting in the, in the higher public. There's even sort of fewer constraints on the way that the, the storytelling can go. And I think that's why it was so successful. Now I'm I'm only a few books into the High Republic, but you're right. There's you're still kind of in this box, you know. <laughs> you're still kind of up against a rock, and 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 you know. The, the the unspoken of older public kind of in the background. So you've got, there's only so much you can do. There's only so many big stories or characters you can tell budding right up to Star Wars as we know it. But I think that's why the older public was so successful and that it went back thousands of years. And yeah, it was very similar. Like I even joke about a lot, like the technology has not improved at all. It all seems the same. The, 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 the troopers are wearing the same armor. They were in the same weapons. Uh, Jedi seemed even more agile back then. Even the planets kind of look the same. Even the planets look like the cities. Coruscant the hasn't changed buildings. much. Yeah, the same temple seems is still there. Uh, we know that's not true, but it's, it's all very similar. 
Um, but there's story there, and you like we mentioned, there's there's an actual Sith Empire, um, and there's just it's just insane. There's so much that they could do with there, and then it's such a popular story, uh, and I understand why, and I love that stuff. I I tend to gravitate to Star Wars just for the philosophy of it all, but man, it's hard not to love like those those, those cinematics I showed you, Holly, a hundred Sith and a hundred Jedi coming at each other, and it just being an epic brawl. Like that's what brings a lot of people to Star Wars. Um, Knights of the Old Republic and the Old Republic are hugely popular in our Facebook group and with a lot of our listeners. That's what brings a lot of people to Star Wars. So I feel like. Yeah, let's let's kind of ease it in. We're going to remake this. Like, you guys loved it. Like, we're going to make it better. You're going to buy it. Here's another $70 in our pockets, and you're probably going to go buy a PS5 to play it. And, and you know what? Maybe we'll ease you into some Old Republic stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I'm excited. I think that's a – they would – I don't know. It would be crazy not to touch that time period just because you're going to, you know, upset some fans. Um, but they've done it. We've talked about this time and time again. They've done it successfully with Thrawn, uh, which was also a beloved character in a beloved franchise of, you know, stories. Um, so it can work. Um, take the popular stories of Revan and Malak. Um, I love the stuff with Malgus, too, in The Old Republic. It's just, it's it's so good. Obviously, Bane, like I'm forgetting Bane. Like, these are big story characters that you can maintain and stay true to a lot of the story and change it up a little bit to kind of fit the... The narrative that we're kind of driving here, but I don't know. That excites me. Um, you know, like I said, I haven't, I've, I've, I've touched Knights of the Old Republic. Like I did not get into it. I, I really didn't have the internet for it at the time. Uh, but so many of my friends have told me such great things. Luke being one of them, uh, and it excites me that they're doing this. I, I think it's a nice nod to the fans, even if it's not going to change anything, even if it's not preparing us for Old Republic material. Um, I'm excited for it. Um, so that's, that's that. I mean, expect that guys. Uh, I have no idea when, um, but it's interesting though. I'll say this. We, we know Asper, Aspire, Asper. I think it's Asper. Um, some, some, some of the folks with this company actually released the original, uh, Knights of the Old Republic back in 2003. Um, but the, uh, one of the big wigs at, um, oh, bio, bioware, I think, I think they were the creators of Knights of the Old Republic uh, with LucasArts. And uh, he went off and started his own company or whatever, but he apparently has been making a pitch or made a pitch when Lucasfilm asked for a Knights of the Old Republic remake. He was calling it a reforged collection, and he actually released some of the stills from his presentation to Lucasfilm on Twitter, and people just freaked out and like wait what like this has been a thing like there's other developers like working on this he's like hey like we now know that you know these guys got it that's cool here's a little sample of what we were kind of kind of kind of kind of shipping to them and uh shipping to them i don't think i used that right uh that they were selling to them and uh and someone said hey do you think you could you know blow up some of those slides so we could see more of what you were gonna what, what you were selling them and he said sorry it that stuff's still confidential. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. What could be confidential and just simply remaking a game if you're not going to change anything? Luke, were you aware that, you know, other developers were out there pitching ideas apparently and that, you know, some of these things that they're pitching are confidential. I I can't imagine if this is some failed prospect, if it's never going to be made, he wouldn't just share it. 
Uh, it seems like it could be confidential story arcs or something uh, that none of us are privy to at the moment that he just can't share at this time. Is that is that interesting? Uh, Disney tries to keep things pretty locked down, so I would have to think that whatever he's got isn't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's free to do what he wants with it. Because, uh, yeah, they try to keep things yeah pretty be tightly controlled so yeah. I, I don't know what all goes into game you know game development so i'm really flying in the dark here but uh i would guess his stuff got shot down maybe <laughs> absolutely it, it totally did but he he's, oh it did oh you yeah said that yeah yeah oh, i don't so know he, anything about this well he had um I, I need to look up his name um i can't remember but he was uh the the head at, at bioware or whatever at the at the time that that knights of the republic were made um, and so either he was told to give a pitch or he'd just been pitching a remake here in, in recent years. Um, and he said on Twitter after they made the announcement that Asper got um, this remake, he said, well, now we know who, you know, who beat us to it, he said. And then proceeded to share his pitch on Twitter and some of which he couldn't share because he said it was confidential. So I, to me, that makes it sound like they may be changing some things. Uh, but I have faith that, that, you know, it'll, there'll be good changes. Um, and then maybe they're just not remastering this thing that maybe they're going to add a little flair to the story or something or something that'll help them fit a later narrative. So, okay, well, yeah, Holly. so that I, sorry, I still don't really understand yeah. what this is. So the Knights of the oh. Old Republic is not yes. canon, not canon, but it was canon. So but okay, it's not anymore. you have to you have to look at canon. If we're talking canon in two thousand three, George Lucas, you know, running this show said canon is the movies that I make and the television show that I'm doing. You know, with the Clone Wars. Now, other developers could you know come in and create something like Knights of the Old Republic. It would still have to go through Lucasfilm. Okay, and get, so it is going through Disney. It is. Yeah, this is all going through Disney. Absolutely. So then will it be canon when it comes out? That's what people are wondering. Technically, what they're saying, it's legends, but with potential changes here and you're seeing pitches from other companies that, you know, can't they can't even release what it was that they were going to pitch, it kind of makes it seem like maybe some changes are coming to this story it could very well still be legends, but that's kind of like, raises the question. Yeah, I've seen some people point out that it's very difficult to call the story canon because the the player can choose how the story yeah. turns out. Essentially, that's true. exactly. So it's hard to say that the story is canon when it can go different ways depending on how you play the game. Exactly. Uh, so I think it'll always live in a kind of gray space. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's kind of cool. I, I kind of like, especially since this is thousands of years ago, like Revan, a very complicated character, has been a Sith Lord, has been a hero of the Republic as a savior Jedi. Like he's lived a complex life and seen some crap. But everyone loves him. But like the story, I mean, you can kind of, he's seen so much, but you could play with that and, and, I, I like the kind of lore aspect of legends. Like, did it happen or did it not? I, I kind of like like fables and tales of like Revan out there. Who knows what he was really doing? Um, you know, when he was turned or did he turn? Who knows? Was he a, a secret agent? All I don't know. 
there's there's interesting stuff that you can do with it and it can just be kind of like luke said a gray area like you can stick to the main story points you know that you know that the player itself, their story maybe doesn't necessarily matter, but like Revan and Malik and Malik's betrayal, like all of that can, you can stick with those storylines and, and tell more story off of it. But yeah, the, the player's story and their interactions, like, yeah, it's, that's always stars have struggled with that. I mean, it's why the games like uh, rogues, uh, rogue squadron, not rogue squadron squadrons. Like I, I didn't really care about the story. I, I don't know why I never even finished the story. I'm just realizing I never finished yeah. Squadrons. Mm. It's terrible. But I'll tell you one one game I did like, Battlefront 2 and their story. I loved the campaign for that. I loved Iden Versio and I loved that it was a fixed story and you didn't really make any choices or whatever. Um, even when they were making uh, the the movie installment games, Luke, when they made uh, the Revenge of the Sith game, uh, you could go in and as Anakin Skywalker and, and, and not you know, save Palpatine. Wasn't that an option? You could kind of change history. It's like, what? Like, come on. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know I, about I that. I never played that one, but I have heard that, that you can make an alternate ending yeah. <laughs> where it doesn't quite go the way it does in the movie. Yeah. Which, you know what, as a fan, when I love to speculate and kind of do what ifs and stuff, like you would think that would appeal to me, but I'm like, no, like that's, that's deviating too much from Star Wars lore. Um, but these things that happened thousands of years ago, we know from our own history that stories kind of get lost or misinterpreted. It's hard to believe that that would happen in the Star Wars galaxy since technology hasn't changed. And it feels like <laughs> everything's logged probably pretty well uh, on a hard drive somewhere. It seems like maybe a stretch, but it could could well, very well happen. But there's also so much time that passes in between yeah. Star Wars as we know it and when these mm-hmm. stories take place that you don't really feel like anything that you're doing in these games. If you yeah. do, like, like decide to, like, go a dark side instead yeah. of, like, do the right thing, then, yeah. it, it like, you can't really imagine how it has a direct impact on things that are happening in, like, one of the prequels or yeah. something like that just because of how, like far down the line those happen because there are some games that that like yeah. choose your own ending style works really well for there's yeah. a game you used to play all the time called fable oh, and you could on. do that fable was really fun but you could do that yeah. you could like run around and rob people or murder somebody oh. if they were mean to you or you wanted their house oh, like things like that shit. not like grand theft auto stuff because there was still like a yeah. storyline okay but you could choose to do things like that or you could choose to like help people in the city and give people money and things like that and it would ultimately the outcome of the game like it still has a very specific storyline right but there's points in between that different things happen depending on what actions you take and you have to deal with the consequences of that in the game I'm learning a little more about Holly's interest in games because we bought, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, this was after it kind of hit its most popular time, and or maybe it was super popular. Well, let's get this thing. And I'm just kind of like a super straight-laced guy. Like, I'm not out there causing <laughs> problems. I'm just hunting, living off the land, interacting <laughs> with people and doing the right things. And Holly's like, blow his freaking head off. And I'm like, what? <laughs> 
Who is this person? And then Holly takes the control. She's just fighting everybody, getting in shootouts. I'm getting bounties on my head, stealing people's horses. Running from the cops. Like, she's a different person behind the controller. (laughs) I feel like she might even be an online bully. I'm not really sure. (laughs) She has some alternate persona. Uh, What was your your Star Wars name? Walho, the the, the Jedi (laughs) Hut. I feel like Uh. that could be... That could be uh, uh, true. Uh, you're just out there rampaging, pillaging, Holly. I, I, you're, you seem so sweet on the surface, but I'm, I'm questioning maybe I, right now. Maybe I am an online bully because when I first started yeah. playing the first Red Dead Redemption, oh, you, can, you can go online and you can play it live, right? Yeah. So that was on Xbox when I had Xbox, and you could just like, man, I have like 45 minutes to kill. What am I going to do? I'm just you're going to kill go a lot on. of people. Yeah, that's what and, you're going to do. And, you know, it's the Wild West. Yeah, people are running around doing whatever they <laughs> yeah. want. And I'll tell you what. Yeah. They have like... The, there are like ridges and stuff, and if somebody like did something, or like you just didn't like their username, yeah. you just snipe them. Yeah, and of then course. they would come back into the game, and you'd be yeah. waiting for them and do them again. Snipe them again. God, people yeah. hated people. You were probably like one of those me. people that just hung out at the spawn point, and just fucking. Uh, shot no, them I in never the head. did that. I thought that was really oh. cheap. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. So I'm learning a lot about your style. Let's actually in 2003. What were you playing? You know, um, I was playing Age of Empires, nerd now getting beat up. Luke's, you know, playing Knights of the Old Republic. What were you playing? You did some Sims action? Uh, no, I never actually played the Sims. Grand Theft Auto. No, I didn't like that. Oh. Um, God, my brother and I played a lot of racing games okay. on like the original PlayStation. Yeah. Um, some Need for Speed. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Played a lot of. Sega, my dad had a Sega, I played a lot of Sonic. There's a Mickey it. Mouse game that I played on that a lot. Love it. You guys Boy, things have changed in a few years. Yes, things have changed. Yeah. No, uh, probably 2003, I was playing a lot of Final Fantasy. Of you want to talk about those, like, yeah. turn-styled yeah. combat games. I mean, and Final like Fantasy Zelda, is where though, it started too? I mean, for me. There's some decision-making there in Zelda. Zelda's Not fun murdering because, as many people. No, no, but, no. Zelda's fun because it's like, you have to think about what you're doing. Yeah. It's not like you can just like blindly run around and things will be fine. Yeah, those yeah, games yeah. are really fun. I like playing those. Well, I had to think about what I was doing in Red Dead Redemption. I had to sleep. I had to hunt. You know, I become famished. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had tried to avoid, you know, you know, crime mm-hmm. if at all possible. Have you ever played Skyrim? Oh, I've not played Skyrim. You would hate it. I played yeah. Skyrim. You have to figure about like what tools and like yeah. supplies you pick up because then they make you too heavy and then you can't oh, move Jesus. very fast. See, I don't need my games to be that complicated. Like allow me to carry <laughs> as many sticks like as I can, like I can in Zelda. Like I can pick up all the well, sticks. Okay, but here's the thing. Yeah. The new Zelda is different. Oh, the Jesus. Breath of the Wild is a little bit different because so in like the original Zeldas, you would just have like your master sword yeah. and like whatever sword. weapons, yeah. your sword, yes, yeah, your yeah. bow and arrow, whatever. But yeah. in and that was just what you had, but in the Breath of the Wild, all your weapons break. Oh, and so yeah. then you have to, like, when you use just them too many weapons, times, yeah. I know, what the heck? Yeah. So, I don't know. That's different, because then you actually do have to think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited about Knights of the Old <laughs> Republic. Uh, hopefully there won't be a lot of murder in it, or will there be? I don't know. Now you make me want to go back and play Red Dead Redemption again. Jeez. We bought it, we didn't really play it. I don't know if I like that side because it's just a bunch of cursing, a bunch of murder. Uh, I don't know. Like an animal. I'm yes, not like, like that. wishful thinking. Um, but, yeah, so excited about that. Um, we're going to have to find a way to get Luke to play the remake. We might have to buy a PS5. Do we not know when it comes out? Is this, is no this a idea. problem? No idea. <laughs> really? I have no clue. Luke, do you know? 
later. <laughs> later in time, I think. Yeah, it's a PS5 exclusive and PC exclusive right now, so all you Xbox people are kind of screwed until probably a couple months later. But what are you seeing, Holly? Um, They did a teaser trailer. They may have not even given a well, date. I don't know. I don't really see. They just announced that they are yeah. remaking okay. it. So we don't know. We'll say 2022. Uh, I don't know. It might be later than that. Well, it's great podcasting anyway with us just kind of <laughs> thinking out loud. Uh, we'll get back to it. I'm sure everyone else knows and we're just not aware, but they may have just released the teaser with Revan and that was it. And that was cool. Um, I know. We're really far behind. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're way behind on Star Wars content, but that's okay. Enough about Knights of the Old Republic. Folks, we did read a uh, issue of our Darth Vader mainline comic issue number 14 the sword behind the curtain Luke or the blade blade behind the blade. curtain uh with a nice shot of our gal Slymore our gal looking terrified <laughs> uh in Vader's shadow and as I, she should be I just notice Vader kind of hang out creepily there in the mirror. Wait, but it's that... a nice floor to you know ceiling mirror oh, shot that's of him. A mirror, and then his lightsaber like in the front. You know, yeah, I was showing. like, if he's behind her, how is the shadow in front of her? Yeah, it beats everywhere. Uh, Luke, when we first got on this Skype call, I kind of just kind of showed you my hand with this issue and where this story is going, and I had such high hopes. We've had such great moments. Uh, this issue just kind of felt like a dud to me without, you know, there were a couple of really interesting details that I think we learned. Um, but I'm just, I, I don't know. We're just kind of jumping around so much. I'm sure there's some more involvement with the War of the, the Bounty Hunters kind of crossover that I'm missing out on because I haven't read that. Uh, but were you are you are you feeling this issue? I mean, uh, was this kind of a dud to you? If this one was slow moving for you, you should be reading all the other lines right now, and they're all going over the same scenes like oh, over and over again shit. from different perspectives. It does feel like it's plodding along kind of slowly when they yeah. do that. But no, I I think honestly that I enjoy this one a, a bit more than you did, and it's. I just love the uh, this window we get to see into all these um, parts of Emperor Palpatine's little court that he holds yeah. and these administrators that surround him that we always saw, you know, in the movies and stuff, but you never really got to know them on on film. Yeah, and I love how uh, you know there's they're they're jockeying for favor with the Emperor and who's up and who's down, and they're really just conniving against each other uh with slymore and, and masameda like you know slymore uh you know failed to take down vader you know when she helped send ochi and others after and yeah in the previous uh issues of the line and now because of that failure even though again palpatine kind of knew she was going to fail and laughed in her face when she gets back to coruscant in yeah. this issue uh and demotes her uh, so all that, it's just, it's so petty and I'm kind of getting a kick out of, out of that aspect. It's like real housewives of Emperor Palpatine's court, I would say. Yeah. 
And you're right. We get this glimpse and kind of the behind the scenes of the empire and the bureaucracy of it all. Like I was, it was funny that when, you know, like you mentioned, she, you know, fails, she doesn't destroy Vader. Um, we kind of go back in time even a little bit with this issue and see um, her apologizing to the, the Palpatine. And he's like, did you think you were not going to fail? Like, this is just kind of a game for him. He's so confident in where he stands and his, and his power over like Vader and everything, this empire that he's just, this is almost just like a game for him. Like, yeah, send her out with, with, uh, with uh, Ochi, and and we'll just see what happens. None of it is a threat to me. Um, it, it is kind of fascinating. I think the beginning of this issue, I was way more interested in the end because it just honestly got a little confusing for me. So it's really fascinating to me. Um, you mentioned her getting demoted. Um so, so she's this high, you know, administrator up there with Masamita or Grand Vizier, whatever she calls him. Um, and he sends her, he said, hey, you're getting demoted and you're getting sent to the pre-screen department. <laughs> so they've got these like little departments uh, within this, you know, bureaucracy. And we don't see those inner workings usually. And it was kind of, com- it's kind of comedic. Um, well, he doesn't even say you're getting demoted. Like he doesn't even have to say that. He exactly. just he just literally says, "Oh, your attention is needed in this department." Yeah, and she's like, "That's below me." That's and a he's task like, below me. Yep. Yes, and yep, it is. And uh, so you see her just like she's hanging around with these whatever uh, these pre screeners, and they're kind of going over intelligence that they're getting, and she's just like super annoyed, like I do not belong here. Um, but gets wind of someone mentioning the name Skywalker. Um, and she recognizes that name. I love that they mentioned, or actually, I don't think they mentioned it, but she knows Skywalker, obviously, because that's where she was first. Um, this is probably where the hatred first started for Skywalker, honestly, was in the, uh, oh, Luke, what was the, uh, the, um, oh, my God, the old, what was the show? Yeah, that, we, Palpatine. we made this joke a, a couple uh <laughs> Issues ago when talking about this, that, yeah, she holds a grudge against Anakin yeah. because uh, Palpatine made her get up from her opera seat yeah, in Revenge of the, the Sith opera. when he wanted to chat with him. That's right. And that that's the that's where it all stems from, her hatred for Vader. So she remembers <laughs> the name Skywalker. You know, that prick that made me get out of my seat at the opera? <sighs> yeah, I got it out for him. So it's, it's, it's funny that she comes across this information um, and, it also, and like, thinks I'm going to use it. Drives home the point that they still have no idea who Darth Vader is. Exactly. Like, no <laughs> one has a clue. Uh, he just showed up one day, and here he just, was. Who's this dark well, lord that's in charge? I, I'm not so sure that's the case for her, because she does have a line later. This is jumping ahead a little bit, but I wanted to mention it since you bring it up. She has a line later where she does have some, like, force ability where she can do somewhat of a mind trick mm-hmm. on people. Yeah. She tries to sort of bend them to her will. Yeah. And she kind of starts down that road when Vader's got her trapped later on in the yep. issue. And and she alludes to the fact that he, he used to be something different than this m- melding of yes. machine and man uh, that he is now as Vader. She says, he, um, your master, referring to Vader, was once mere flesh. He has yep. greater weaknesses than any machine. Um, so that maybe gave a hint to me that she knows 
his backstory as Anakin a little bit and kind of his fall on, on Mustafar and resurrection by the emperor. Yeah, it very well could where, where she just came across him derobed, you know? And yeah. That, yeah. She could just see him yeah, getting yeah. out of the shower. She's like, Ooh, who's his that? Oh, tank. Jesus. He doesn't have any limbs. <laughs> Poor soul. Oh, that's Skywalker. Yeah. Let's burn him alive. Uh, oh, wait, yeah. already happened. RIP. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Anakin. You had the high ground, though. Um, or did he? I don't know. No, no, no. He was pretty high when he got his legs <laughs> chopped off. So she's got this, you know, she, she's got this, she's embarrassed. You know, she was she failed her mission to destroy Vader. Um, and now she's realizing, you know, I got this access. I'm going to go in and look at Vader's records. Um, she's looking she's looking at some records that that kind of share details of his armor and show some of his weaknesses and stuff. And Masamita shows up and catches her and is like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, and she's like, oh, I'm just making sure that his armor's good to go and that there aren't any weaknesses. And he's like, oh, okay, I don't buy that. And Luke alluded to this just a second ago, but Olsly has the force and uses a mind trick on Masamita and says, you're just going to forget everything you saw here. Which I was blown away by when I first saw. I, I can't believe this character who, you know, we hardly have inter- intera- any interactions with her is strong with the Force and able to do this kind of thing. Um, there's so much more story to be told, which is why I think I was kind of disappointed with where the rest of this went. But So she's trying to get some information on Vader's suit and look for weaknesses. She then transmits that information uh, through a couple of her her shadow syndicates, um, and they send that to IG eighty eight. And I mentioned we kind of went back in time with the prior issue. Um, we're now seeing how IG eighty eight shows up and confronts Vader and is able to like use this mechanism to like shock him and temporarily uh, kind of short out his armor. So we kind of see how that happened, um, and then it was Slymore all along with her little shadow group. Luke, are you getting hints that they're all force sensitive in this group, or is it just Sly as a leader, or is this some like dark kind of force user, you know, usurper? We're gonna get rid of Palpatine and them and bring our own rule. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that these are all force sensitives. I think they're all part of the imperial bureaucracy at one level or another, yeah. and so they're all a part of that. This game of uh you know scheming against each other and trying to rise within the ranks that we were alluding to earlier and that she has convinced them and is their leader and is trying to use their collective efforts to help them all rise rather than them sort of all fighting against each other absolutely or do you think that it was if this or can you look at you know palpatine uh, and his cabinet is kind of like Trump and his cabinet. And you have people in the inner workings that are like, this dude is crazy. <laughs> like, we cannot let him do these things. Maybe they are those people here. I don't know. They're unionizing. <laughs> they are unionizing. Uh, so we know IG-88 shows up. He gets defeated by Vader. He's like, dude, this guy can't be killed. Um, he is literally unstoppable. Uh, and Vader shows up and destroys him. Um, he just appears out of nowhere. I'm finding in these issues, he, you know, there's not a whole lot of reason or he just shows up and he's like, I'm here. And he just slays everybody. 
It's almost like yeah, somebody like plants a little seed that makes Absolutely. him think he should go to these certain places to check things out. Yeah. Palpatine. I, I, I guess. Yeah, maybe he did. I don't know. Um, so he shows up to this little this little shadow collective party um, and disrupts it, and they all think that they can take him down. And they, even Sly tries to use that that gadget again to short out his armor, and he just destroys everybody. Um, and here, when you think that he's gonna just slice Sly more in half, um, she tries to use a Jedi mind trick on Vader. Silly. And it took me a second to even pick up on it when it happened. Um, but he, he did, um, she tries to use that, 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 that little, that little mechanism on him. And, and Ochi says, IG-88 already used that trick on Baron. Did you think Lord Vader wouldn't have fixed that vulnerability? And she says, no matter your master was once mere flesh. Uh, he has a greater weakness than any machine and tries to use that, that, that force move on him or that, that mind manipulation. And he rejects it. And says, I am a Sith. You cannot bend my will. So he brushes her off. He like slices her hand or something. And she brings up Skywalker. Hey, I got information. I got intel on Skywalker. And he's like, wait, what? How do you know Skywalker? And she's like, I know that he's going to replace you. I know he's going to destroy you. Um, And he's like, he's weak. He's going to die. And you're going to tell me exactly where he is. Well, she has information. Um on his on on well solo's whereabouts we kind of learned this in the past issue this is kind of jarbled because i'm not a big fan of how they kind of wrote this story and that we're going back in time to to fill in the blanks or whatever but she has the whereabouts on solo and she knows that wherever solo goes even if he's frozen in carbonite skywalker is soon going to follow and try to find him so he has she has information on where solo's whereabouts are vader obviously wants that he's hellbent on finding skywalker um, and so he says, Hey, you're going to go to this auction where they're auctioning off solo frozen and carbonite, and you're going to bid on him. And she goes, and Luke, this is where I get confused. Holly and I were super confused <laughs> about what's going on. Well, but, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. 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 Don't yeah. get to the auction yet. Okay. Yeah, we're not get getting the auction yet. Okay. Cause I want to say that the part where she's now like at the mercy of Vader. Yeah. And sort of negotiating with him about like, okay, how are we going to resolve this? You could easily kill me, absolutely here and and now, but sort of what good would it do you? Um, because that won't help you. That won't save you from Skywalker. She's alluding to this potential fear that he has that Luke can defeat him. Yeah, uh, could be more powerful than him potentially. And he goes back to this old line and oh no, he's weak. He's weak. He'll die. Um, and, and, but she's saying, you know, she eventually alludes to the fact that the, the emperor wants to bend Luke to their will, wants to turn Luke. Yeah. Um, and, and that she needs that whatever Vader's doing, he needs to kind of keep secret from the emperor because if Vader's mission is now to kill Luke, he's decided, no, he's weak, he's dumb, I don't want anything to do with him. The best thing to do is just kill him because now I actually kind of maybe fear that he could destroy me or supplant me at the emperor's side, which we saw visions of in earlier issues in the yep. series that he was like sort of fearing Luke's ability to replace him, um, as the emperor's apprentice. Um, it's funny to me because she still wants Vader dead. Sly more does. She still has this hatred for him. 
because he's involved with her, you know, falling down the pecking order. Yeah. But they're wondering like, well, why, why would we like listen to you and you're telling us to go to this auction and get solo so that will lead you to Skywalker. And, and she basically says, cause I think Skywalker could defeat you. And so that would be fun for me. But if you don't think that's true and you want to confront Skywalker and you think you can kill him, then go for it. Absolutely. Um, but it, what it made me do is I, after reading the issue, I, I put on Empire Strikes Back and, and went to the the conversation that Vader and the Emperor have about Luke. And it's funny because it's kind of the reverse of where we are now. In it, the you know, Emperor gets on the on the hollow line and says, yo, Vader, mm-hmm. son of this dude's the son of Skywalker. Or he's the son of Anakin Skywalker. I've sensed it. I, I totally know it. And he must not become a Jedi. We can't let him sort of rise to power and, and challenge us. He could defeat us if he does, basically, what he's alluding to. And then Vader is the one who plants this idea with Palpatine that, well, what if we turned him? Yeah. Could be a, like a powerful asset. And then Palpatine basically rubber stamps that mission and says, okay, yeah, do that. Go, go try and turn him. And that's where we get to, you know, the, the the dual on Bespin and eventually Vader saying, like, join me. Um, but now, you know, as we've seen through this comic going coming out of Empire, Vader's now in the no, he just must be destroyed. It's no good. Yeah. <laughs> He's weak. I hate him. Uh, but the Emperor is probably still on the side of, no, he's an asset. We need him. And so now Vader's trying to keep it hidden from him and then we know that it reverses again by the time return of the jedi so that that was the most intriguing part of the the issue for me i i just blabbered on about for quite a while if you no it, any of that it, no it, it i still struggle with that though i still struggle I, I don't know sometimes they're making vader to be such a fool uh, and, and <laughs> i i just i go from he's, and, he's hot-headed he is you're absolutely right I just go from Empire and those interactions, and like you said, join me. And was that interaction with him rejecting him? I, I get he plays that over and over in his mind, that rejection, and it pisses him off. Pisses him off, and he thinks he's weak for doing what he did. I just, it's to me, it's such a stretch to say. And now you just want to kill him? Like I just, I don't know. I'm really struggling with that. I think I was more on board. You know, we were seeing the flashbacks and it made a little more sense. But now it's just like everyone's kind of playing with Vader when it seems like he's just in charge in the original trilogy. Holly, is is any of this connecting like from what you saw Vader and Luke's interactions and now here he's just like, I'm just going to kill him. We're going to do whatever. I'm just going to murder him. He's not even worth it. Like, is it driving? When people are in emotionally vulnerable (laughs) states, they act erratically. Fair. And we know that Vader is not the most True. stable individual, True. especially because he's being manipulated That's by Palpatine. That's true. And he has his own thoughts and feelings, and he's very conflicted inside. We know this because there were six movies about it. That's true. Well, maybe like five movies about it. But anyway, so, yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of checks out. Yeah, we don't know what he's doing in the privacy of his chambers. He could be having a tantrum. He needs a like, therapist. You know, off camera, we don't really see. He probably does. He probably has one. Um, Not a good one. So, so Luke, it makes a little more sense to me now. Uh, I just, 
I don't know. I just kind of struggle. There's so much about this line that I was enjoying. And it's just sometimes I'm just like, God, everyone's just playing him. And he seems to feed into it. And then all of a sudden he just shows up and wrecks everyone. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know. I don't feel like they're always giving Vader enough credit here in this line, but I, I could, I could totally be missing something. Um, but it's cool that we're kind of seeing Sly more as a little more sly than any of us ever knew. Um, hence the name, I guess. Ba-dum-tsh. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what key to hit to make that sound effect. But um, so <sighs> she's she's striking a deal, Luke. Right it, to to go to this auction. Uh, we got we got Han frozen and carbonite up there. It, it, is it Crimson Dawn who's putting on this auction? Is that what I know? There's a connection with the War of the Bounty <laughs> Hunters that I'm missing out. Yeah, yeah. The 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 storyline that's running through all the War of the Bounty Hunters crossover is that uh, post Empire when Boba's got Han in the back of the old Slave One frozen in carbonite, he ends up losing him. Because um, he has to make a pit stop. Classic. And it doesn't go well, and he he loses Han, and it turns out in it that Han ended up in the hands of Crimson Dawn, mm. led by none other than uh, than Kira. They yeah. reemerged, and so she's summoned all these criminal organizations and even the Empire to this auction on their big flagship uh, to sell off Han, and. It, I'm a little bit behind on the series, um, like a month, month and a half behind. So I haven't seen all the latest, but it's it's intriguing to me because so far it hasn't really dealt with her connection to Han and all of this. And like, yeah, at the end of this solo movie, it seemed like she still cared about him and she was trying to do what was best for him by breaking ties with him because she thought, you know, she was in too deep and, and it was best if he just moved on. Um, so to see her like doing this auction with him and selling him off to whoever, whatever horrible person in the galaxy being in the galaxy would want him seems to kind of, um, you really go, go against that vibe at the end of solo. So I'm, I'm interested to see the, the series kind of get into that aspect of it and hopefully it, it does. And some of the issues that I haven't caught up on yet, but that's kind of how we, we got here. And that's how the, the, all the different uh, series are, are like coalescing in this in this crossover. I think I need to take a couple minutes to process what I just heard. Well, it's a little <laughs> upsetting. I, I think, am upset because I had a whole theory about Kira's decisions well, at the end of Solo, and now Luke just came in and was like, Psh. "And they could still be valid. She could be doing this for a reason we don't know. Maybe, but then again, time has passed. Maybe some a lot of, has happened to her, and you know, I mean, she's kind of running things now." So she's probably seen some crap, had to do some crap. She she's could be a changed HBIC. person. She's going to get shit done. She does. So it's, I, I'm still holding out hope that there's still good in her and that she is doing what's in Han's best interest. Maybe we find out, you know, maybe she helped Leia get in there. I don't know. And save him. I, I have no idea where we're going with that. Well, this but, is a tangent, but yeah. one we need to discuss later. Agreed. So I guess we have to read the entire War of the Bounty Hunter series. That's the thing about crossovers. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they throw you for a loop and it's like, Jesus, okay, I guess I had to read this other story <laughs> for this to make sense. Um, it can get a little confusing at times. So we've got this auction going on held by Crimson Dawn. Jabba's there. He's betting. 
Baku the Hut is there. He's also betting, and Sly's betting. So you got these three parties betting on on uh, solo, and they go up to like a million credits. And Sly is thrown off. She's like, "Wait, what the hell? I thought uh, I thought we were going to win this. And why the hell is Baku, who we know kind of talked and dealt with Vader earlier? Um, it seems like he's kind of trying to outbid her or whatever." Um, I wasn't exactly sure, Luke, maybe you can kind of shed some more light on, on why this is so confusing to her, um, and why Baku's involvement is confusing. Yeah. Baku is not my favorite hut because, <laughs> cause his, his storyline and this whole thing is a little weird. Yeah. He was in the, the prior issue that we discussed and he's kind of under the thumb of Vader a little bit too. And basically that uh, was, I understand the ending of this issue with, with her getting outbid by him and, and Joppa eventually actually is Vader knew all along and wanted to drive up the bidding and kind of humiliate her to have her have basically another failure in the emperor's eyes. If you know, because that, like there's so many parties involved at this point that again, like Palpatine, it seems sanctioned her going and bidding at the auction as well. Yeah. Um, because he wants to lure Skywalker in again. And the question is like we discussed who wants to turn Luke and who wants to destroy him. At this point, we think it's Palpatine who wants to turn and Vader who wants to destroy, but they both maybe think solo possession of solo is, is the key to that. So um, it's just another stab in the back for Sly that, um, you know, Vader humiliates her once again, and the Emperor is going to find out that she's she's failed yet again. Yeah, even yeah, even when she thinks she kind of has the upper hand with this Skywalker card, yeah, he kind of pulls some strings and gets her outbitted, and 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 Ochi's just loving it. I, maybe this is what throws me off. Ochi being his little sidekick is it just it's just weird. It's just really weird. Um, but he's still around. He's still kicking it with Vader. Uh, when Ochi's going to bite the big one, we'll find out because he definitely doesn't make it to episode six or is he somewhere in the background? We'll have to look a little closer at episode six. So that's where we're kind of left, but uh, Vader shows up to the auction and seemingly in this last slide just starts owning people in the auction. So it seems like he's kind of, Made a fool of her, but now he's taking things into his own hands. And we'll kind of see where that goes uh, in our next issue, which doesn't really show us much, the cover. And we know the covers sometimes uh, of the previews really don't mean anything. They could just be false leads. So uh, Luke enjoyed this one. I, I, I enjoyed parts of it. I love that Sly Moore has a little more background. I love that she's Force-sensitive. I love that she's got a little something against the Skywalkers, likely from being casted out at that uh, that uh, Cirque du Soleil opera scene there on Coruscant. <laughs> she's got some infatuation with Palpatine, and he just rejects her, um, and then she's got the Skywalker to deal with. Remember when when there were some theories? I think before episode nine that she could be Ray's mom. <laughs> yes, I do remember those. So maybe but, I mean, and those were kind of fun. But what I do like about her, in general, being given like you said more of a backstory in these comics is if you've read enough of these Star Wars comics, you know that they, you know, like the mainline Star Wars runs like the first one ran like seventy. 
five issues. It's a lot of story um, that they'll cover in some of these. And sometimes you do whole arcs that introduce these very, you know, Star Wars has a lot of wild outlandish characters and creatures, but things that even sort of like are so wild and outrageous and maybe just so like from the comic medium that they, they seem a little less star Warsy and you're introduced to this thing you've never seen before yeah. and you don't know what it is or, or what its deal is. Uh, but uh, on the flip side to have somebody like Sly Moore, this character, you know, exists and you've seen on screen and you know, is connected to the emperor in some way. And just to like go through the, the thought experiment of, is she still around during yeah. the, you know, during uh, the period between empire and, and return of the Jedi and, what what would she be doing then? Yeah. And uh, how is she involved? And so it's, for me, it's a lot more uh, like a, a, an interesting exercise to flush out that story versus like introduce this very fantastical new character we've never seen before. And then they're just around for a little while and then they go away. Yeah, like Baku the Hutt. It's like, what the hell is he going to do after all this? Go work on his abs some more, I guess. Uh-huh. It, it, what does happen to Sly? Is the Emperor going to say, eh, we've had... We've had fun with your games, and he just gets rid of her? Like, is she still around? I'm curious. I mean, anything could happen. Anything could happen. (laughs) But I don't know. I think that it also shows that Palpatine, just, like, how deep his, like, games go and how everybody is a pawn. It's fun for him. Board, it is fun for him, and he is mastered the art of manipulation and getting what he wants and having people do things for him. Yeah. And like, I don't half the time in these comics, I don't even think that they know why they're doing it. They think they're doing it because it's in their own best interest, but nothing's in their best interest. It's only in Palpatine's best interest. That's right. So, and in the end, Palpatine underestimates what, what, what trumps all and that's family. And at some point, Luke, we've got to get back to Vader. I don't know, chilled out a little more and kind of accepting his fate and his son is going to get turned. It's got to, it's got to change at some point. I feel like we are, I feel like we're further from that now than I thought we were 15 issues ago. So I have no idea where we're going with this. Uh, did I say 15 issues? We're only on issue 14. So let's say 10 issues ago. Yeah, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of myself. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this issue. I don't know where the issue's going. I don't even know if I like it or this series. I, I, I'm, I've, I've enjoyed some of it, but man, some of this weird stuff just throws me for a loop and I, I, I just kind of well, lose buckle it. Buckle up. You could be in for 50 more. Jesus. It could be. I mean, we'd have to have 50 more to get to where we are in episode six, <laughs> to be honest. Luke, it's going to be a while, right? I mean, oh, he's muted. Oh, no, he didn't know. Oh, it. Sorry. He didn't know it. Once once we get through this little stretch of the crossover, which I think might only go through, go through October. Oh, thank goodness. Um, that we'll get back to just, I think, a strong ending for this Vader series because – the prior Vader series have gone about 25-ish issues. So yeah, um, I think there's maybe three more that will be in this crossover era. Okay. Because I get the the paper copies of the, the comics nowadays, and at the back of each one it has a little schedule of all the crossover stuff, so you can kind of keep track. And it, uh, 
it only goes through October on all of the schedules. Okay. Um, so that would take it. It takes us up to Vader 17. So there's probably maybe another seven, eight issues after that that aren't a part of the whole crossover. And we can get back to maybe just a little more Vader centric without all this crossover. Michigas. That would be nice. I mean, it's fine, but man, give me back father and son and the struggle. And uh, that's where I was loving this series. The flashbacks, the confusion, uh, his just inter- his interpretation of what Lucas, how he's responding to him. I, I loved all of it. Um, but this stuff, boy, throws me for a loop. But hey, there's hope. You know, not it's not all bad. This one just maybe missed the mark for myself. Luke enjoyed it. Holly, I don't think knew what the hell was going on. <laughs> I was so confused. That's okay. I was too. I had to read it another time. I was like, wait a second, what? Okay. Um, so it took me, you know, a little bit, but we got it. Um, and maybe the next issue, you know, will make a little more sense and I won't ramble through this so much, but it's star Wars content. We can't be mad about it. Um, the fact that we're getting new material, uh, finally, you know, it's been those, those comics went on a little bit of a hiatus, but it's, it's good that they're back. So looking forward to that. Um, and I don't want to discourage anyone from reading the Vader line. There's some really good stuff there. Um, you may just have to tap into the war of the bounty hunter as well. So Enjoy that if you can. Um, any other Star Wars news going on in anyone else's lives? I have none. None at all. But after next week, I will. You will have some. We're gonna talk. Of, we're gonna watch Visions, not the screeners. Uh, we're gonna watch Wednesday with everyone, and uh, we're gonna talk about it next week. I'm excited. I've never talked about anime in my life. Something new. Something new. I can't wait. Um, in October 1st, we'll have some spooky, terrifying tales to talk about. That My I think favorite. I'm more excited about than anything. We'll see. We'll see. Sure. Michael's not like a big scary movie person, so well, I don't know if Lego you would pick up. fine, though. But would you pick up on any of the Girl, the I was shining... watching scary movies before you were born, okay? Mm, probably not. No, that's actually true because my father tortured me with like Chucky when I was a kid. Like, that was terrifying. Like, you should, <laughs> little kids shouldn't be shown that crap. It was terrifying, and yeah. he actually just sent a, a little a little video of a new Chucky thing. He's like, "I think it's gonna be your Christmas present." I'm like, "Don't joke about that. If that thing shows up at my house, I will burn it." That didn't work out well for Annabelle, so I don't know why you oh, think that would work shit. out for Chucky. Oh yeah, see, I'm not into that new age scare stuff, but anyway, so. We'll enjoy that, guys. Uh, hopefully, you'll be listening here next week. We'll release another issue. Once again, apologize for the scheduling kind of uh, hoopla uh, and the and you know not getting released on a, on a typical Monday. But we appreciate you being patient, trying to get out content as much as possible with life being crazy. Um, so we appreciate you uh, and your support. So enjoy Star Wars for what it is. Have fun with it. Don't take it too seriously. But I do want to hear in the Facebook group. Are our you know, Facebook friends excited about Knights of the Old Republic. I'm curious. You know, I, I know some of you guys will take a little harder stance than Luke did, uh, but I want to know. I want to know if you guys are excited for it and who's going to buy the podcast at PS5 because I really don't think I can afford one. <laughs> so looking forward to hearing about it, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, take care of each other out there, and may the Force be with you. <laughs>